It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com, fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Uh, Dirk, a pretty quick show lined up for you today. There's not a lot of news and notes to cover, but uh, there is one topic I did want to cover just a little bit. We'll get to that uh, after we recap the race at Martinsville. And uh, let's just jump right into it. The NOCO 400 because all is right in the world of racing as Kyle Larson um, ended up taking home a grandfather clock. Yeah, um, probably not the best car in the race, uh, but he got a couple breaks at the end and ended up getting that win. Um, the only time uh, Joey Logano runs second and the only time he ever sniffed the top 10 was the last, uh, I don't remember, 50-some-odd laps. They were on a cycle of green flag pit stops and caught a caution. And there was, I don't know, maybe five cars that uh, got to stay up there. Uh, you know, they got the pit stop under yellow. Logano was one of them. I don't remember who the others were. But Larson, when a bunch of the others came in and pitted, all the other top runners, Larson stayed out from maybe third or fourth. Mm-hmm. And, uh Yeah. He ended up uh, uh, getting by Logano, who was on old tires. So, <clears throat> yeah, I thought I saw some sort of a comment where Logano said, "I just can't keep him behind me anymore," or something like that. Well, yeah, but Logano never should. Logano, I don't think was ever passed. Well, he was a lap down twice. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I don't think he was ever in the top twenty-five until he was in the top five. Wow. So that's how bad the traffic was. I mean, the middle of the pack yeah. was so even. They just stayed two by two for so long. Why did I see Logano had to go to the rear for some reason at the start of the race? Oh, they, uh, when they got to the track yesterday morning, um, they had a water leak. They never said what the part was. So they, they changed something out. So they had the unapproved adjustment. So he had to go to the back. Mm. Okay. And he never got out of the back. He got the, uh, the stage one lucky dog. And uh, I don't remember if it was, a, I don't think it was a stage two lucky dog. I think he got, there was a yellow in stage two. Um, stage two is a hundred laps. I'm going to say there was a yellow about 60 or 65 laps into stage two. That was the first competition yellow. Okay. So, but that got him his second lap back. And that's what first thing he said. He said, you know, he goes, I really feel disappointed, but I was too, I was a lap down two times. Yeah, the big loser on that whole – well, there were two losers, and uh, they were both on the Stuart Haas team. At one point, Stuart Haas was running first, third, fourth, and fifth. They had all four cars in the top five. Wow. They were very strong. They all started the top ten. Ryan Priest led the whole first stage, 80 laps. Then another one of them long cautions. I mean, they went 12 laps at the end of the first stage under caution. That's wow. just ridiculous. You know, that's, that's too much. Well, and that's, you know, that's Martinsville, though. It's not, if it was 12 laps at Talladega, that'd take about an hour, but. Yeah. Yeah. But still, they were on the pit road speed. I mean, that they were going around the track was only 30 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, but they just kept going laps and laps and laps. I don't know what took so long. There, there was no excuse for it. But I don't know what caused it, but 
it was like that at the second stage. But anyway, Ryan Priest had what is now the first pit box. But when there were 43 cars, it was the second pit box. So when he came out at the end of the stage, at the end of the pit stops there, uh, he just hammered it like you normally word out of the first box. But since there was now another box in front of him, mm-hmm. he got that speeding. So he went from first to last in the pits. Ooh. Was never able to recover. So um, it, was, it was a crazy day. Harvick had a wheel. It didn't come off on the track just by the grace of God because the lug nut came off on the track and the wheel got caught up. It was the right front. And it got caught up in there on the brake system. And as he came around and he did a whole lap to get into his pit pit stall. And when they pulled the wheel off, it looked like a, uh, a bead lock that had come unbolted because the brake uh, caliper worked like a lathe and literally cut the wheel in half. Wow. And, and you're pointing that out because had it come off on the racetrack, the four team could be facing some penalties. Correct. Yeah, the four team would be facing penalties. Who had one come off yesterday? Oh, the the 78 car. BJ McLeod was not driving for uh, uh, Live Fast Racing. They had uh, Anthony Alfredo in the car. Mm-hmm. He lost one after he pounded the wall coming out of turn four. He didn't pound the wall hard enough to make him quit, but literally the tire bounced around, and the tire stood up on the track right next to the wall and was there for – two or three laps before they threw a caution. He limped all the way around the track up from turn four, all the way around to one and two and was in, in on pit road on three wheels before they threw a caution. Oh, wow. So you could see it from the camera angle. I would have thought you could see it from the flag stand, but I, I don't know if they were even thinking about looking for something like that. Yeah. So I don't know if radio, if racers radioed it in or if crew chiefs, I'm sure crew chiefs saw it. You could see it on TV. But somehow it finally got the message and NASCAR. You definitely couldn't see it from the grandstands or from the tower. Uh, literally right up against the wall. And it's not as tall as a wall. So, yeah. Uh, Anthony ended up finishing 35th on the day, uh, 10 laps down. Uh, other bad days hmm, AJ Allmendinger, 27th, Brett Kozlowski, 24th, William Byron, 23rd. I ended up taking Tyler Reddick who finished 22nd, 30 points on the day. So your Harvick pick. Should have got uh, like 32 points. Yeah, you get, you get two points better than me. Uh, Harvick ended up finishing 20th after finishing 6th in stage one and like you mentioned, winning stage number two. Uh, Kyle Larson gets the win, like you mentioned earlier, along with Joey Logano in second, Martin Truck Jr. in third, Danny Hamlin in fourth, and Chase Briscoe rounds out your top five. Eric Amarola, Ryan Blaney, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Bubba Wallace, and Chase Elliott. Uh, good finish for Chase Elliott. 10th place finish after returning from a six-week hiatus, five-week hiatus? Yeah, something like that. Uh, he was physically exhausted when he got out of the car. But, again, he was another car that uh, I think was still out when they caught that caution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, he was another car. He hadn't he hadn't been in the top twenty five all day, you know. And then all of a sudden, he's in the top ten and hangs on for a top ten finish. So it was it was a, a pretty bizarre race, the way it ended. Overall, you think it was a pretty good race? Yeah, it was entertaining to watch because again, uh, 
Fox did probably the best job I've ever seen of showing racing instead of just showing the leader. There were several Mm -hmm. times they were showing 10th, 11th, and 12th and stuff like that where the racing was going on and guys were beating on each other a little bit. Um, uh, Who was it? I can't remember who got into uh, Kyle Busch. And Kyle Busch dumped him like a lap later. I I think it was Michael McDowell, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh, the booth was interesting with Clint Boyer and Bobby Labonte. Bobby Labonte was up there? Yep. Hmm. But he's not very good in the booth, but he did interact pretty good with Boyer. He's he's almost, well, he's a little better than Ward Burton and Sammy Swindell. Let me put it that way. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I, um, I knew you I want to talk a little bit about the uh, 75 greatest drivers list that NASCAR has kind of started going back through and uh, adding names to it. Now, the little bit of research I did on it last week looks like this is just a continuation of um, the 50 greatest drivers that NASCAR announced uh, several years ago, I think. Uh, when did they announce that? Sometime around 2010, I think. No. Oh, 1996. Sure. I've been trying to figure out what they've been doing because I've been seeing them pop up and whatnot, yeah. you know, on Facebook and everything. And so I'm kind of trying to, to figure them out. And, so um, in, in 1996, that was NASCAR's uh, 50th. 1998, as a part of NASCAR's 50th anniversary celebration, they put together the 50 greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. And it includes guys like Bobby Allison, Davey Allison, uh, Buddy Baker, Red Byron, uh, obviously Dale Earnhardt, Jack Ingram, Jeff Gordon, um, Bill Elliott, Dale Jarrett, Ned Jarrett, Junior Johnson. You know, 50, just absolutely no doubt doubt about it, the, the greatest drivers of all time. And now they're starting to add uh, 25 additional drivers that competed between 1998 and present time that they feel need to be included in that, uh, in that list of greatest drivers of all time. And the drivers they have added, uh, first one they added to the list was Tony Stewart, which I think they announced it two weeks ago in a surprise ceremony on Fox. Well, I don't know if he wasn't the first one I saw announced on Facebook. That's why one of the reasons I was surprised, but, it would still surprise me if he's the first one they announced. Yeah. Because he'd be in the same group with Jimmy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Stef- I got Mike Stefanik listed next. And then Kyle Larson, Randy Joy, Casey Kane. And the latest one to get announced was Greg Biffle. And they still haven't announced Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. But they got plenty of drivers left to go. But they've only announced. Well, I'm just saying, if you're going to rate them. You know, out of the last 20 years, the greatest driver has been Jimmy Johnson. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, and I was, you know, the first one I remember seeing uh, was uh, Casey Kane. Mm. And I'm going, boy, that's a stretch. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. You know, Casey was a great driver, but he never won a championship. And any of the divisions. And he, he seemed to, he'd have sparks of greatness where he would be really, really good. But majority of his career, sorry if this is offensive, he was okay. Yeah. And I'm a little bit surprised by Kyle Larson. I, I think in, in 10 or 15 years, he absolutely deserves to probably be in NASCAR's greatest 100 of all time. 
but it seems to be a little bit early to to put him into this group but you know i mean he he could turn around in the next 10 seasons to just have an absolutely pitiful career and and then i think people's opinion of should he be in the the 75 greatest of all time conversation would change but right now he's definitely one of the best drivers in in the active in the series well the fact that he's got a uh, championship already is what gets him there mm-hmm. plain, and plain and simple and it's yep. kind of what's gonna you know what doesn't have carl edwards in there mm-hmm. i'm sure denny hamlin's gonna end up there and i think carl edwards probably will end up there but if you're no if you're putting between those two I almost said if you're putting Casey Kane and Greg Biffle in there, but Greg Biffle won championships in the trucks and the Xfinity series, right? Correct. Yeah, he just he was he was uh if he would have won one in the Cup series, he'd have been the first driver uh in history to win in all three divisions. Um yeah. uh, you know what? Has Kyle uh, Kyle Bush? I don't think Kyle Bush has won an, an Xfinity series championship. I don't think Kyle's won a truck title. I think you're right. I think as he a, got he got driver. bumped up. He got bumped up in the cup pretty quick. As a driver. Yeah. Oh, so, he's not, I don't think he's ever competed a full season in trucks. I think, you, you, yeah, you're probably right on that. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that because he was driving uh, Bush Series and cup stuff when I left NASCAR. And I worked the truck series. He ran, he ran some in the truck series, but I don't think he ever ran a full season. Mm-hmm. Now, he's got championships as an owner. Which again, to me, it, it all counts as your career, so that qualifies him. You know, he should definitely be in that top seventy-five list. Yeah. You know, who else do you think's in here that that they haven't announced yet? Do you think they're going to be added to that list? Well, obviously, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. I don't know if Jeff Gordon was put into the original fifty. He probably shouldn't have been. He was. He was like, huh? He was. And see. If they only went through 98, he was in the Kyle Larson spot. He just had a couple years in cup. Now, considering his career went till just a few years ago, he definitely deserved to be He's probably in the top 25 all time. But in 98, he shouldn't have been in the top 50. So he was in 98, he was a he was at least a two-time champ. And that season he won his third championship. Well, like I said, it's still to me that's still a stretch putting somebody in that what was he in cup at that point? Five years? Anybody else you think uh you know, we we, we talked about uh Carl Edwards, Matt Kenseth. Uh, we haven't talked about Matt Kenseth, but I mean Kenseth's gotta be on there. Yeah, so is Kurt Bush. Yeah. <clears throat> Kurt Bush's the only one that's uh one in every make a car that's you know competed in his tenure. I He's think Kyle Kyle's definitely Kyle Bush is definitely gonna be on that list. Correct. Yeah, Kyle Bush is going to be on the list. Kurt Bush is going to be on the list. Carl Edwards should be on that list, especially if Casey Kane's on it. Harvick? Um, yes, Harvick will be on the list. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, we already said. Probably Brad Kozlowski. Uh, yeah, Kozlowski will be on there. Oh, Chase Elliott will definitely be on there. If they're putting Kyle Larson on there, they got to put Chase Elliott on there. Pretty much. Um, they've got Stewart on there. Mm-hmm. Um who the heck was the other? I just had Joey Logano. Yep. Truex. Yes. Truex is an interesting one because if you're taking it solely off of winning championships, absolutely. But he was him and uh Cole Pern were so dang dominant together. But you know, really ever since then, Truex it just he hasn't been that threat that he was 
at the 78 team. And then when it switched over and, and he was racing uh, officially for Joe Gibbs racing in the 19 for what one or two years, him and Cole Pern were pretty stout together. Well, yeah, he ran second to Kyle Busch that one year, right after we interviewed both those guys in the same week. <laughs> yep. One of our better weeks. <laughs> um, It'd be interesting. Uh, fans, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. You can always uh, message us on Facebook. You can always comment on the podcast. Who do you think should be in the uh, NASCAR top 25? And Dirk, I think we should probably start working on something like this for maybe a, a local top 25 maybe we do a top 25 drivers of all time for individual classes i mean jordan grabowski could be a top 10 driver in your modifieds and stock cars already so well stock cars he's just got a couple years but he already won didn't he win a oh he didn't win the imca title this year mike nichols did yeah mike nichols you just have the one name in stock cars you know Mike Nichols would be the first name we would announce just to make sure we don't get anybody upset with us. <laughs> but are we, I mean, are we going to run, if we're going to do this, we got to figure out, is there so many people around like you? Yeah. You know, I mean, what'd you just turn 40? Yeah. Okay. So you weren't even around. You never saw Bob Kaziski run. Nope. You never saw Joe or Steve Kaziski in their good years anyway. I don't know I if never... they were at all. I never saw Joe or Steve run at all. Okay. Yeah. I yeah, never, you, the, the only Kaziski, the first Kaziski I saw run was Andrew. So you really didn't get into the sport until what, 05? Nope. Uh, 12. 12? Okay. I thought you'd gone to Kansas Speedway or something in 2005. Oh, I'm talking just strictly dirt racing. I, I, I was into NASCAR, start of Tony Stewart's career. And the only reason why I started watching it was because I was working at Home Depot at the time and my boss told me, that I didn't have to do my hair if I wore a Tony Stewart hat. So I went out and bought a bunch of Tony Stewart hats and I, I wore the hats. And then one of my bosses goes, don't you get tired of wearing that hat? Not knowing how Tony Stewart finished. And I go, all right, well, that's kind of a good point. So I started watching NASCAR. And of course it just worked out that I was, I bought Tony Stewart stuff and he took off like a rocket and became one of the best of all time, 75 greatest of all time at that. Uh, so yeah, I've been into NASCAR a little bit longer, but it, dirt racing was April, 2012. And Tony Stewart crossed another X off of his bucket list, I'm sure, when he won Las Vegas in the dragster yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. It was literally all over my feed, and I'm like, come on, guys. But that's all we got to talk about. Be, he might be the only one that's in uh that's got a uh a big race win like that in three different series. Yeah. You know, with IndyCars Cup and now NHRA. Mm-hmm. NHRA and and Cup is, is not a big crossover. So, yeah. Well, let's uh, we'll kind of reconvene and, and discuss about how we're going to set up this 25, 50 greatest stock car drivers, late model drivers uh, in the area and, and maybe start working on that. Uh, maybe a, it'd be a good feature for over the winter time, um, but that's a long ways away. And I kind of want to get to work on this. So, but that'll give us plenty of time to get it right before we announce it. So stay tuned for all of that. You get anything else? Uh, not really. Um, not a whole lot going on in the world. Uh, I don't know if it's actually up for announcement or not, but, uh, starting this Friday, I'm going to be calling the races at Onawa Dragway. Yeah. Yeah. We, you, you talked to me about that earlier this week. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Well, I just, I'm going to give it a shot and, uh, I've never actually done the announcing part of it. Um, obviously I know the sport I used to do it. Mm-hmm. 
So I understand that part of it. Um, there's a few people still around from when I was doing it. And thanks to some of the interviews we've done, I actually know some of the guys, you know, I've learned and met a few people that are racing. And I know the new track manager. I've known him for a long time. And I did also have a, there was a little bit of an update on Cody Ware. you know how uh, he was uh, arrested for the assault by a strangulation. Uh, there was a misdemeanor assault on a woman. Well, he bailed out, bailed himself out. Bond was set at 3000. He bailed himself out. Then he had to turn himself back in later in the week because there was additional charges that were levied against him. And uh, he had to pay an additional $5,000 bond to get out. So the uh, hits just keep coming for Cody Ware in this assault charge that he's, he's facing. And um, NASCAR has continued, you know, we, we talked about it. NASCAR suspended him until the trial is over with, and then they'll decide what to do. So just, that's the only real news I saw. I was going to say, I, I haven't even run across that. I've, you know, I've seen all kinds of stuff like I normally do. Some of it's newsworthy. Some of it's not. Um, yeah. Unless it's a major deal. I doubt we'll probably talk about the story. You know, if we'll update it maybe one or two more times, but I just don't think it's something we need to probably talk too much more about. Yep. All right. Our favorite drag racer is just around the corner. Believe it or not, we actually like talking to Tracy Weber. <laughs> we pick on him quite a bit, but he picks right back at us. And it's a good interview. We sat down with Tracy a couple of weeks ago at the world of wheels auto show. Again, big thanks to those guys for uh, supporting the front stretch. And uh, we're going to talk with Tracy Weber coming up here in turn number two, hang tight, Dirk. And I'll be right back. Talk about his Frankenstein. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with tailored computers and repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time. And here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old. The hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers in Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's going to run faster, cooler, and the battery's going to last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch. We're only into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs. What just happened there? She did a flip. Well, flip no, flip. she didn't. Well, oh, she had <laughs> to make it. She, she attempted. <laughs> did she do it a lot like I would have done it? And me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I okay, heard my back again. watching her. Back arch. Ah. Oh, oh, God. I, I just can't my watch. back just went out watching that. I can't watch. <laughs> Your back was you already see, sore. Right. The things you see at the O'Reilly Auto Parts World of Wheels car show. Isn't that the truth? 
Big thanks to Quaker Sake and Lumen Council Bluffs for uh, presenting or helping us to sponsor the front stretch, always being a great official watering hole of the front stretch and uh, presenter of turn number two. Um, they should get a booth down here. And just sell wings? Yep. There you go. I like that. I've always wanted, like, when we, if we ever actually have money and we get, like, a camping spot inside. So you mean that's never going to happen? Right, right. So. Uh, if we, if we like get a camping spot inside of uh, Quaker Steak and Lube, or inside of Kansas Speedway, and uh, and and just uh, buy like five hundred yeah. wings from Quaker Steak, five hundred. That's it. And just grill them up and have a great time. But I think that'd be fun to just to just to grill up and do wings, and of course have a couple of beers. But I think that'd be fun. It's uh, we I always have a good time going down to Chris's uh, camper at Kansas. And uh, obviously, big thanks to, to Chris for allowing me to, to drink his beer and, and eat his food and stand on top of his camper. Eat his and, brats. And yeah, yeah. Well, you know, thanks, I don't Chris. want him to be too heavy going back up north. So, <coughs> you know, that tow weight is, is critical on the uh, gas mileage. Definitely. Joining us on the show now, a, uh, a great drag stripper in, uh, in Omaha. Gra- drag stripper? Dra- oh, yeah. Drag car driver, drag he's a, he's driver. A, he's a what, drag like dresser. A- a drag Wednesday no, and no, Thursday no, no, to no, pay no, for no, drag no, racing. No, no, come on. <laughs> so he's a drag queen on the weekends? Is yes. that what you're wanting to try oh to He's a drag gosh, queen we in the went, early in the week. We he's went gotta there. pay for <laughs> we went there. He's gotta pay for this dragon thing. I still haven't got to figure out how to how to talk about it yet. How you doing, Tracy? Good, how are you? It's been a little while. Been a while. Yeah. Yeah. You got a little more gray in the beard. Thanks. Yeah, he's got a Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm seeing that you you're putting together something on Facebook. What was you you got another car you got secured? Yeah, I sold the S10 and bought me a 2002 Mustang. I bought it off of Facebook. Everybody buys things off Facebook now, I think. Yeah. Facebook and Amazon, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, it was just the shell, and I picked it up for two hundred dollars. It's like, hey, let's do this, and I said, oh, okay. So. Uh, yeah, it's been a six-month project, I think, so far, and so got to take it out on its maiden voyage yesterday, so that was kind of yeah. fun. And it, it went back in the shop okay? Yeah, yeah, I was actually surprised. I saw of. the little tool around the neighborhood video. Yeah, so. that was uh, one of my apprentices at work, Igor, taking the video, and he's into cars. He's got a 2014 Mustang, but when we started building this, he was kind of excited, so he comes over every now and then and helps out. So. How old is Igor? Igor is 21 years old. And his parents named him Igor. He's from the Ukraine. Okay. And his mom and dad over here adopted him and his sister when he was five. Okay. And a uh, really good kid. I'd love those kind of old names, though. Sure. And, yep. and definitely. So he, he, he came over here when he was five? Yep. So he 21. probably doesn't have much of an accent. No, no, he doesn't. You can, the tone of his voice, you can kind of tell he might be Ukraine, Russian, yeah. you know, over there. Not American born. Yeah, but he doesn't have an accent or thing like that. But hmm. uh, like I said, I can't talk enough about this kid at work. He's a really great kid. So, so he's one of the one or two that you say are okay out of yes. the handful you have. Yes. Where do you work again? Uh, standard heating and air. Oh, okay. Do uh, rough ends. I don't. I install equipment. I just don't work on but it. But there's yeah. nothing about standard. That he <laughs> <works with. laughs> I hear the. I hear a lot of good things about that company. You hear good and bad, but yeah, I think it's every company out there. Yeah. So we it's try, all experience. We try to be the best, you know. Everybody does, I hope. So, but yeah, I like the construction videos where they talk about the drywall guys that uh, drywalled right over the electrical boxes. So the guy, the electrician's got a three-pound hammer going boom, not here. Yeah, boom. I just not. did that the other day. 
<laughs> they buried they buried my thermostat wires in the wall in like five or six units and just kind of getting tired of cutting little holes where I think oh, I just took my hammer and did that on each side of two studs and <laughs> sorry about your luck, buddy. So, uh, talk about rough ins. Uh, I I I don't know what is that. Rough in is just pre, your pre construction, I guess. Okay. Uh, we're doing a bunch of apartments right now, so we go in when all the stick framing is done and put in all the flex ductwork, you know, whatever to tie. Not putting in. the units in, just Correct. the ductwork. Correct. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah, it gets kind of tedious because we're on a job that has twenty. Two, 23 apartment buildings, and there's either 8, 11, 12, 14, or 16 units in each building. And so it just gets really monotonous. At yeah. Depending on this three bedroom, two bedroom, one bedroom studio. Pretty much, yeah. 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 So. Uh, all right. So you're planning on racing this Mustang? I plan on going out and beating the ever loving shit out of it, yes. Yes. Good. Uh, <laughs> I, won't, I don't usually say I'm racing. I just go to the drag strip, see how fast I can go, and see how much I can push it. So. Yeah. Uh, something to do, I guess. And if he gets to embarrass a second guy that day, he's happy. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the uh, plans to, to drag at this year? Uh, probably mostly Anoa, some I-29, I think. But uh, depending on how fast I go, I'll probably get asked to leave. Since I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how fast it's going to go. And I forget the cutoff where you have to have a roll cage in it. So... It does not have a roll cage in it, and I don't really plan on putting one in it. Yeah. I kind of built it to maybe be somewhat of a street car this time instead of, like, the S10. I gutted everything, and so we'll see what happens. Just take it day by day. I'd go ahead and put a bar in it. Maybe not a cage, but just a roll bar. I was thinking about that. I got a bar across the back so I can tie my shoulder harness in, but. I thought about maybe putting a hoop in it. Yeah, and <laughs> a hoop and two kicks, just a yeah. four-point. It's going to we'll be see. about that time that she starts to roll over, and you're going to think, man, I wish I would have put that I bar in put here. that cage in here. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Yeah. All yeah. right, brace myself. <laughs> there was hurt. one time last year with the <laughs> S10, I was thinking I was going to need that roll cage that I put in, but uh, we ended up not making a complete ass out of herself good it's going down made a pass and i blew one of the frost plugs out and dumped all the water on the back tires and my dirt track days came in handy that day yeah so but wow it was kind and of dan scary. you don't get the time to think boy i better brace myself it happens a little quicker <laughs> than was, that it was quick hey i've had some th- stuff happen where i didn't have time to react but i definitely had time to to process a couple of thoughts of like <laughs> okay like, like when you broke the grain bin yeah yeah <laughs> This is going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't had none of those yet, and let's hope we don't. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Onawa Dragway, under new ownership. Again. Uh, yeah, again. Um, uh, the the Garys did a lot of work to that place. The Harpers? Yep. Yeah. Harpers. Uh, yeah, they were, they were somewhat of a general manager. Ended up being a silent, well, I won't say a silent partner. They had, they had a silent partner, so... This last year, it was able to get sold from the board and the city, and I try to stay out of the politics of that, yeah. from what I understand. So, uh, somebody somebody owned it, owns it now, and they were the silent partner. They were letting the Harpers run it, and uh, then I'm not sure exactly what happened right now. So, Harpers are down in I think somewhere down by Wichita, Kansas. I was gonna say we heard they were ended up in Kansas. Yeah, that we heard so. uh, yesterday, as a matter yeah. of fact. So. So, um, yeah, it, it's unfortunate because there's um, it, it sounds like just an easy thing of, well, the, uh, the board is going to own it and then we're going to have somebody else run it. Yeah. But 
and alive, I tell you, it, it inevitably it doesn't take very long for somebody that board to say, well, I need to go down there and start watching what's going on. Yeah. And, and, and then they start sticking their nose in. It's like, okay, you got a guy running it for a reason. You yep. need to let him run it. Yep. I think that's what happened. You know, they went through two or three track managers, general managers. And, uh, yeah, it's, I think that's what happened is somebody was getting greedy, and then all of a sudden they wanted to run the place. And Yeah. So. Again, I try well, to stay out of it, but I think that's what happened. So. Well, they had roadkill up there for a couple of years, yeah. and uh, I don't know. He evidently stepped on somebody's toes. Which and sometimes isn't know. hard to do. When I first started going up here, that was who was running on one. Yeah. I never had any issues with him. He always treated me fair. So yeah. He's a good dude. He's a great promoter. He cares a lot. That's yeah. that's the important he thing. He's passionate about yeah, what he's doing. He absolutely sure. is. Uh, talking with Tracy Weber, uh, Ottawa and Pacific Junction. Anywhere else? Probably not. Yeah. No. Not going Price. to U.S. Nationals or anything? No, no, no. I don't think they'd want me up there. They're going to have the shitbox national somewhere, I think, so I might go race that. <laughs> no, I mean, that car would probably fit into an NHR factory experimental class somewhere with that LS and a Ford. Yeah, I guess I didn't know they had those. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to much. Oh, they, I, they, they got under so many goofy big, classes. big, huge rock. They so. got classes where you cut your carburetors in half and... So you have like four two barrels instead of two oh, four yeah. barrels. Yeah, one hole for each cylinder. I was thinking maybe somebody would go down to Hobshite and buy that Copo Camaro for me for one hundred and five thousand dollars. <laughs> there was one went through the auction in Des Moines last summer. Yeah, ended up in Lamar's, Iowa. I met the guy that bought it, but uh, um, the battery was dead. He kept trying to start it. I want to start it. I want to well, well, go duh. get yourself a jump box to start it. There you go. Um, all right, uh, very much of, we, we talk about guys who were, uh, you know, like Stu Snyder, very, we got to go out there and get so many wins this year, and, you know, Jack Dovers, they got a plan put together, this sure. is, this is their, they're 100% into this, they're, they're driving hard for every ounce they can get out of it. Uh, it, it seems like you're the other end of that coin, where you're just like, you know what, this is a fun thing for me to do, yep. it's a passion, I'm not going to waste a bunch of money doing it, I'm not going to waste well. a bunch of time doing it. You I'm waste plenty of money doing it. It's sure. not a bunch. Yeah, yeah I've, you know, for <laughs> 20-some years, dirt racing dirt track, you yeah. know, I eat, breathe, slept, all that, you know, in the garage every night working on what I had. And, uh, you know, I just kind of sat back and thought, you know, it was fun, but now that I'm getting older, it just, it's not worth it. I don't, I don't have a crew like I did anymore. You know, I got a couple people that helped me here and there, but. It's just nothing I'm going to really take serious. So He just spends the money that he'd be spending on a drug habit, you know, so now yeah. he can't be a druggie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a great way to quit doing drugs because yeah. you don't have any money for the drugs. Well, yeah, that's, exactly. how you get, that's why you get your kid into a race car at 15, so he has no money he for drugs. He has no money for drugs. Yep. Now, don't be like Tracy and go and drag Monday through Thursday to pay for Saturday, <sighs> Friday and Saturday. But, you know, one hey, step at a time. whatever, is 20 drugs. bucks is 20 bucks, man. I, Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'll do a lot for 20 bucks. Uh Speaking of that, Taylor Computers and Repair on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any good sponsors you want to make sure and list off? No. No? No, I uh, just got a couple people, a buddy of mine, Scott Widener, his wife, they'll throw a few dollars my way, and you know, that's about it, I think. So You're not working across the river anymore? No, I kind of gave that up a little after COVID. Uh, ah, okay. Buddy, buddy kind of has things taken care of over there. Yeah. Uh, he does a lot of the... A lot of the sales during the day, and, you know, I'd go over there at night, and I'd just kind of sit there and twiddle my thumbs, and so Rich doesn't need to spend any money on me sitting there, which she's never complained at all, of yeah. course, but uh, so, 
and the gas money to drive from west Omaha all the way over there kind of got expensive after a while. Oh, that's yeah. the spot I'm in working part-time. I live by Emanuel Hospital, and I drive right to your house. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. he says, well, come on out. I need like two hours worth of work. And I'm like, yeah, no, there's a couple guys closer. Yeah. You the, know, I the trade-off help. just isn't there. So. But like I yeah, I got eight hours. So, yeah. you know, I'm more than happy to invest six bucks, two gallons of gas. There you go. You know, and I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it for 40 bucks. I'll do it for four hours of work. Sure. It's not, I'm not getting rich, but something to do and the money helps. Yeah. So well, that's good. So. That was a shocking math that I came down to, like working some little odds and end jobs. And I'm like, I'm literally paying to do this. Sure, well, like, like this I realized, job. Like this yeah, job. Yeah, I really, yeah. <laughs> and you do it because you love it. I, yeah, it, it's, it, and there's, there is definitely that threshold of like, uh, I like being here. This is a lot of fun to do this. Sure. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in that phase right now in my life where I'm, uh, the computer company is starting to take off, and so I'm like, okay, well, I charge this amount of money for the computer company, and I get paid this amount of money per hour at the bartending job. I need to start focusing more on the computer company because yep. I can make a little bit more, and I'm getting backed up. So, yeah, it's uh, there's definitely a balance there where busy is always good. Yeah, so, yeah. In, in that sense. So, but yeah. All right, nothing else to talk about. Uh, not really. You know, it's just been a fun ride all these years. It's kind of interesting to see this car show, how it's changed from the Civic Auditorium oh. way back when. Three levels of cars packed. Yeah. You know, and now, you know, I'm not I'm not cutting down. Yeah, I think the last one I had down. my car in was 85, maybe, yeah. back when it was the Autorama. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, I had a conversation with somebody on, on social media about it because, you know, it just seems to be our sport of, like, you're like, 156 cars checked in at IED Speedway for the Cornhusker Classic. This is a great night. And there's always that one guy that's like, I remember there was 200 cars. And I'm like, well, you know what? You'd be the guy bitching about us being here till 2 a.m. for the yeah, 200 exactly. cars. exactly. But it was the same thing. It was like, uh, it just wasn't what it used to be. And I'm like, yeah, but this is still worth 20 bucks to get into sure. and to walk around. I mean, look at these cars. Oh, they're, they're amazing. We were just talking with Dave Jorgensen about it. He was sitting down here before you came down here. He's like, I don't know what it is about these lights, but these cars just... They've pop. got a different shine yeah, to them. pop. Well, there's these. technology, you know, from the Civic Auditorium. You had these things that weren't halogen. <laughs> you know, you're in the dark most time. But, oh, oh, especially if you were out in the hallway yeah. on the hoop. Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to talk Pull somebody a flashlight to let me, out. Oh, that's what that is. I'm trying to talk somebody over there to let me LS swap one of them soapbox derby cars, but they won't go for it. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I, I, uh, I went to the Civic, I think, once. I went there for a concert and. I don't remember anything about it. I remember the concert pretty well, but it was dark and lights sure. flashing and thousands of people, st- well, hundreds of people standing all around me. And <laughs> I used to go to the wrestling matches down there years ago. I'd been to several wrestling matches, and I went to my first concert in 1966. Wow. Nice. You're that old? The Beach Boys. Oh, that would be a cool concert. Oh, I, I thought it, I seven thought it was years old. Moses and the Brothers. Seven years old. I won, I won two sweaty... <laughs> Two city swim championships, and that was what my dad did. That was right after they'd done the Little Deuce Coop album. Yeah. So. That's neat. 409 and some of that stuff. So I got to go down there for that. My dad had stock cars and whatnot, so. Cool. Uh, Again, talking with Tracy Weber. Uh, Did they used to have the Golden Gloves there at the Civic? Yep. Yep. Okay, then I've been there twice. Many, many years. They had uh, Ron Standard and uh, Joe Frazier fought there. I heard of him. Um, Jumping Joe, right? right? Uh, Huh? Jumping Joe Frazier. Was that jumping? They call him Jumping Joe Frazier? No, uh, smoking. Smoking Joe Frazier. That was like 72, I think, or 71. I was just a Ute back then. Yeah, I mean, I was in junior Two high. Two Utes. 
All right, that's going to do it for us for this episode of the Front Stretch. Big thanks to Tracy Weber for sitting down and talking with us at the O'Reilly Auto Parts World of Wheels Car Show. Um, you'll see him randomly, hopefully, out at uh, Onawa and uh, Pacific Junction. Yep, come you on do a pretty good job. Nights. You don't have a, a racing page, just your own personal page, right? Yeah, just the Facebook page. Uh, it, it's mm. one of the few guys that I actually enjoy watching because you you actually have a little bit of humor. You, I tried to. You, you I got, I got a, a YouTube channel also. Uh, it's under Verminator, V R M N A R. I used to be a. I used to be a. I used to go coyote hunting quite a bit, and that's where I got that. So. Can you, I just had this argument with Sarah last night. It's coyote. Coyote, not 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 coyote. It's not coyote. coyote. We're not coyote. down in the south. Correct. Correct. It's she she. Oh no, it's coyote. And I'm like, no, it's not. We're in the north. It's a Center it's a Street. pop. It's not a soda. It's a pop. <laughs> it's not it's like Des Moines. Right. Des Moines. Des Moines. <laughs> the That's worst what. one. It's, I get so irritated when people say Des Moines or Des Moines because they at least acknowledge on the one of the halves that the S is silent. Yes. And I'm like, it's silent on both. 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 <laughs> Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. It's Des Moines. When we Moines. used to go French. over every year, I would always I would always say it that way to him, just just to watch just the to hair on the back of his neck stand up. <laughs> That's where the hair went, was him picking on me when we opened to Knoxville. Auto-opening door and that ejection, uh, ejection seat. <laughs> now now all I do is I talk about the midgets in Des Moines. Oh. <laughs> midgets. Short people or the cars? Yes. Short people. Dan loves never short a dull, people. Never a dull moment when I'm around. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Uh, uh, like for Sarah says, show. what are you, 12? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so? <laughs> Going on 40. Amen. That's going to do it for us again. Uh, thanks to Quaker Steak and Lube, Rick Haveridge of Wealth Partners. Find out what Rick can do for you today at rickhavenridgeadvice.com. And, of course, Joe's Carding, Joe's Carding with a K online, joescarding.com. Uh, for Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been The Front Stretch.